0: yo what is up guys welcome to the Tony and Dakota podcast today we have a very muscular guest (laughs) this is Derek
1: Eby he is the owner of Hercules nutrition and training Uh, got to know him from a mutual friend of ours Seth actually uh, gave me your number to reach out to you about going to size seminars and then after ever since then we've gotten to know Derek well and uh, he's thinking about collaborating with one of our other friends, Jimmy. So like, in a way, we've networked, we've gotten to know each other well. And uh, Derek's always posting pictures of all these huge dudes. He's just <laughs> training with uh, nutrition, fitness, some mindset stuff as well. So we're gonna be talking to him today about fitness, nutrition, mindset, success, relationships, business, all the stuff, Business, love it. all the yeah. stuff. Thanks for coming on, Derek.
2: No, thank you for having me, man. I'm really excited. I mean, I, I like to talk. I love when people <laughs> ask me questions, so I'm gonna be perfect.
1: Love it. So Derek, I had, I looked at your, uh, your Facebook and the cover page was interesting, uh, and it seemed like really genuine and authentic. It wasn't like a lot of the other ones that are, like you can tell that somebody just like photoshopped some stock images and made it look like really crisp and like nice, but yours sort of looked like more Like, you wrote a paragraph about yourself, and then you had a few pictures, Um, and it said basically how it was that you kind of got started in fitness. So, what did that look like? Like, how did you grow up, and then how did you decide that fitness and training and nutrition was your thing? So, upbringing had very little, well, actually, that's wrong, Uh, but uh,
2: upbringing, I was just really overweight. It made me real sad all the time. I mean, it was not a fun way to live. I remember spending, like, I say this all the time in my own chats, I remember, like, telling myself every year you know this is the last year if you've ever been overweight when you're young you know, every year this is the last year I'm gonna be overweight this is the last year I'm gonna be unhappy the last year that you know things aren't gonna work out really well for me and you know it always was never the last year you know I just stayed overweight and things weren't good Uh, And then as I got older, you know, I got myself into a a little bit of trouble and that's actually when I thinned out just because I was kind of like a wild kid I was just everywhere all the time when you're not home You don't necessarily have like DiGiorno's in the in your friend's freezer to eat all the time So I was just like moving around a lot and I lost a lot of weight during that and then I remember getting skinny uh, probably like 16, 17 years old. And I remember not liking that either. Like I got really skinny and I thought that that would be like the, the end all be all. I was going to get skinny is something I think a lot of people feel like if I get thin, everything will be great. And then I got thin and I went like, with well, no offense to anybody, thin wasn't that attractive either. I was just like, okay, I need to do something with this. So, uh, I started building muscle. I had a couple reasons in my life. I had like a physical alter- altercation that I kind of got, uh, I lost <laughs> and that really as a man inspired the heck out of me to start lifting a lot. And then the journey just really went from there. I went from uh, obese to thin to being like one of the better bodybuilders in Indiana, in my opinion, most people just say Fort Wayne, but it was a lot of fun. And then I retired from bodybuilding two years ago uh, for some health problems. And then now it's just been business centric sense. Wow. It's been a lot of
0: fun. Yeah. It's interesting that people, uh, I noticed it with moving to like, if you live in a really warm state, I was talking to people in Miami, they talked about how they wanted to move to Indiana because they want the cold. And then same thing, whenever you're overweight, it's funny that you think you want to be skinny, whenever you're skinny, you want to build muscle. So you always want the opposite. And it's cool that you were actually able to see both sides of it. So that's pretty awesome that you get to really, uh, yeah, just create whatever body that you really want to create. Cause that's what uh, we have the opportunity to do, which is kind of cool.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, that is one thing I like about four I mean, I just on the weather side, it's like, you know, if you don't have winter, you don't get to appreciate summer yeah. so it's like that's the way i kind of perspective on everything in life like you know the good the good comes from the bad if you didn't have the perspective i mean how can you enjoy the good Yep. so i mean i do see it a lot in the fitness journey and i think i do think my path has a lot to do with what i do so like obviously i, I always liked learning learning was always really really important to me i'm like a very analytic guy i like to be the smartest guy in the room yep. I, I like to Talk really eloquently and know what I'm talking about so I learned a lot and then along the way I just kind of found out that I could help so many people through it Mm -hmm. and then it was kind of the first narrative wasn't really money it just it shifted from wanting to be able to help people into money just kind of monetarily came with it
0: yep that's awesome
1: it's funny that you say that like the uh, altercation that you got in was one of the things that inspired you and uh, in a similar way I mean it's one of the reasons why Dakota and I ended up becoming friends because like He had some altercations and was like, dude, I really want to learn how to fight. And then I was posting, which uh, probably don't do this. I was posting my fights on YouTube for uh, kids that were fighting that were like 16, 17 years old, which like was against YouTube guidelines. And so some of them were getting taken down and things like that. But that's kind of how we became friends. And uh, I think it's so funny. I don't know if there's necessarily a lesson, but it's sort of like, you know, those bullies and the the altercations and the competition, like the um, dominance hierarchy of middle school and high school can kind of like push you to become this like, you know, want to be this badass, especially among men, <laughs> you know, like to...
2: Yeah, I think, I think it's absolutely the case. I mean, Jordan Peterson talks a lot about it in his book like 12 Rules. It's a book mm-hmm. I really enjoy about the hierarchy system. And like anybody who does not believe we have like a hierarchy system is just it's nonsense. I mean, you can see it in everything. If a very, very dominant, masculine, confident man walks into a room, he's more likely to get the sale. He's more likely to like win people's favor. He's more likely to I mean, there is just a, there's just a notion of it in what we do. And obviously, I think we see the opposite of it. It's like if you get beaten in a fight or if you get beaten in a sale or if you get beaten in anything, I mean, not just as a man, but as anybody, I mean, it really can taint the way you feel, taint the way you move, taint your reactions. Mm. So I am a big fan of, like I said, Jordan Peterson's thought process on it, which is like, uh, I think that's the chapter in his book called uh, Keep Your Chest Tall, mm-hmm. but uh, it's like rule number three three or two uh but keep your chest and it really is just about the fact that in the hierarchy system if you can keep yourself confident if you can keep yourself higher up on the hierarchy system not only will your results be better but you'll feel better mm-hmm. and i think that's one thing that helps a lot with lifting i mean we see it and i work with a lot of business professionals i mean i've i've worked with everybody over the years but the funny thing is i uh, like parker braun happens mm-hmm. to be one of the guys you guys put on here i've worked with parker for years and years and years and Parker when he started taking it seriously it was one of the funniest things he was already in commercial and we saw right away the second he started taking it seriously he would call me he'd be like every like every couple of months he'd be like dude every bit bigger and like more confident i get the more sales i'm closing yep. like every bit bigger and happier i get like from this journey like the better i'm doing at work the more confident i am the more i want to wear like the really nice suit and the more i want to sell and like you can see that in every dilemma we see people go through like if that's why i think the gym is so important outside of obviously just physical health i mean we can go into longevity we can go and all, the, all those things too but just feeling good is an amazing thing it'll make yeah. you more productive it'll make your results better it really is a win-win
0: yep yeah that that leads me to a lot so one is i want you to see if you give me a overarching view of whatever those 12 it, like whatever you said with jordan pearson yeah. what is like an overarching view of that book um i love jordan peterson
2: so depending on what everybody feels about him up to them but i i love the guy i do believe that the man has an amazing perspective on society as we stand now. I do think we have, like, I don't want to say a weak society in a rude way, but I do believe, like, you know, strong, man, good, strong men make good times. You know, weak men make bad times. I think we're on the, the losing end of that stick right now. Uh, but that book really is a lot more about, like, picking the right people to be around you, how you make your decision process. Like, how should you go into a decision? And a lot of it, like, like little things, I mean, we might have all heard this quote by Jordan Peterson. He talks about how... Uh, a man who's not capable of violence is not actually a pacifist. Mm-hmm. He, uh, in in other words, he's a wussy. He's mm-hmm. just he's incapable. But a man who is capable of violence who decides not to create violence is a calm man. Is yeah. a
1: relaxed and man. That's, and that's where actual honor and nobility comes from. Versus if you're Inability. absolutely incapable of producing harm, then there's nothing noble, moral, or virtuous, or even. Um, anything to admire about someone who chooses not to.
2: Yeah, and we've absolutely all seen that person. I mean, we all know that person. We've been at, like, the gym around, or we've been at a party around, or we've been around in some social setting that is just physically incapable. You can kind of see it, like, with no offense to the person, like, whether they are so out of shape in one direction or the other, and then they're just talking this big game like they're the man. And you're like, you— you're not, you're just talking it. You're, you're clearly incapable of it. I think that's one thing that Jordan Peterson also gets really into is like, don't let things come out of your mouth if you don't have the ability to back it up. And I don't even mean from a physical fighting sense. I mean like one thing I'm a big rule on is I don't like to bullshit,
1: like mm-hmm.
2: at all. Like I like, I'll tell you all the time. Like I'm very well known for saying, I don't know. I think it's something that's lost on society nowadays is like the inability to be wrong. Mm-hmm. But like all the time people ask me questions that I should have the answer to. And I'll, I don't know, I have no idea. We can look it up together. We can figure it out together, but I don't know that. So I think Jordan Peterson's standpoint on a lot of these things, which I'm a big fan of, the 12 rules, is a lot of just like the way you come into situations with confidence, the way you decide which situations you come into and who those people should be. He does talk a lot in the book about who you surround yourself with, how that's going to affect your life. And I mean we've all probably seen that in our life. It is the hardest thing to break is separating yourself from the people you love, but, you know, the, the love of that relationship isn't like breeding good into your life. It is a difficult thing. And a, a lot of his stuff really is about masculinity and, you know, uh, how to be a good, humble, honorable man. And I, I think it is like something that every person as a whole could like really pull from.
0: Have you been thinking about investing in real estate? It's
1: not like what you see on HGTV.
0: We created a course to show you how to really invest and create a profitable flipping and wholesaling business. We give you marketing strategies like how to pull lists, who we target, and where we find the money. We go over sales, which includes live calls and negotiations, scripts, role playing, and so much more.
1: Everything that you need to know to flip houses is in this course. And if there's anything that we missed, we will create a video to answer your specific question.
0: This knowledge has made us over a million dollars and we're selling it today for just $997. Click the link below. I love
1: it. I I think it's (coughs) kind of funny because uh, we started off this podcast with a lot of like dominance and strength and competition and that sort of thing and it feels really like, ooh. But then I'll look at your Facebook reels and a lot of times you're like, guys, I just want to love you. Like, I just want to help you. I just want to, <laughs> like, give you peace and, like, that sort of thing. So that that contrast is sort of funny because uh, just of how, like, big and muscular a lot of your, like, you know, clients and stuff are. And then on the other hand, you're kind of just like, guys, like, we can win together. Like, come with me. I'll help you. I'll show I, you the way. I definitely think there's something to that, though. It's like um, what I mean by
2: that is, like, like it's kind of that if you're capable of violence, you have the ability to control. And I do think like, because I have been through so many things, I've seen so many things, I have a lot of perspective. I do have this deep ability to love people. I see them from all perspectives. I know what it's like to be obese. I know what it's like to be skinny. I know what it's like to be weak. I know what it's like to be beaten. I know what it's like to be poor. I know what it's like to just feel worthless i know all these things and uh and then obviously you know the bravado of what we do i mean one thing that we see in business a lot and i mean there is real merit to it you know which is like you don't want to go into a sale and they ask you how your week went and you go oh you know i lost four clients this week you know we lost four sales everything went bad there is a bravado to all business where it's like you show the good parts And I do think that's something that I try in my business to alleviate a little bit, but on the right scale is like, I do want to let people know, like, you know, you do have value. You really do, you have value, and I love you. A lot of people might not have that. And I mean that when I say that to people. I mean, like, I truly do care for people when people come and work with me, even if they don't. Uh, I do really want to help these people. And I, I mean, you see that in my posts a lot. Like I said, I try to be genuine. I try to share love. And I, the reason I do it, I mean, you guys know the win-win mindset. The mm-hmm. thing I found in my life is the more love I give, the more love I share. Not only do I gain, like, a bigger vessel of love I can give, which is kind of cool, but also I get so much more back. My life has only gotten infinitely better the more I take care of people.
0: Yeah, I'll say uh So a quote that I heard from Ed Milet is basically, you're most capable to help the people that you used to be. So that's the cool thing is like, whenever you have more experiences, then you are able to help them through that because you actually, and the interesting thing is I noticed you have more empathy. If you never experienced anything, you never did anything. Like I remember I was very uh, straight edge in school. So I didn't like, you know, I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, I didn't do certain things. And so then what happened was there was a lot more judgment upon anybody who did that. Whereas when you've been through that, you know their feelings. (laughs) You actually can empathize with them and help them through it a lot more
2: yeah it's uh you see that a lot one of the things i struggle with uh i don't know not a struggle necessarily but i uh i grew up with a very like addict household uh and it's not something i need to get into or anything but uh because of that i have like a real natural need to help these people i did it in my own life when i was young i did it in my own life when I was in my teens and now even in my business I do find it is one of my struggle points is like I said when when people are obese when people have drug issues when people have these issues that I've dealt with so like sincerely in my life it is so hard for me to separate myself from that person mm-hmm. it does make me a great coach and I love obviously I love that I have the ability to do that but it can also be hard on the other perspective and what what I do because I mean what I do is so hands-on like I am a very very hands-on coach it's not necessarily like there's no separation it's not mm-hmm. like here's an email I'll talk to you in a month that's wonderful I'm kind Constantly on the phone. I'm constantly working hands-on with these people like I build a a real rapport a lot of love for these people My clients almost always become my friends So that can be the hardest things because in my industry like I I work on the fitness and health side of things Which is awesome. I love doing that But I also do work on the lifestyle side of things where I help people like said with drug addictions with like substance abuse with its Mental issues just trying to clear their head be happier things like that and uh, like you said, you do have the ability to help those people more. But I think one thing I've had to learn over the years is like those are also the people that you might feel like the most desperation to help because there is like a, a, a mental interconnection between like your past, your life, and that yeah. person. And in business, you do have to be able to separate those things sometimes.
0: Yeah. So actually, um, I just asked Dustin a question yesterday that I'm going to ask you too is because I've struggled with this a lot Is I've noticed. Are oh, you married? Okay. Yes. That's awesome. So when you're married, and then like, you know, that you know, you have an obligation for time with your wife, or like, you actually want to spend it with them. But then like, you have a client that's like going through something, how do you find the time or separate like from like, okay, I really want to help this person. There's a lot of people ask me questions, I want to help everybody. But I notice that I will actually give up my closest relationships for the people that are newer. Do you have that struggle? And how do you work around that?
2: Yes, it's it's hard, man. Uh, I'm a very happily married man, and I can say that it takes a lot of work, especially if you want to be a businessman. Uh, I think it only works in like a mutual, multiple reason sense, like one you have to have a very selfless spouse like my wife is incredible she's selfless she knows that I have to take care of these people she knows that they are in a worse position than we are we have a very blessed life obviously from from work and from effort but we do and we know it so there are times where she does have to take the back burner and that's hard but for me separating it out the best way I found is schedule I know that's like it's the most boring it's not like the least sexy answer for a marriage yeah. but I think if more people did it you'd be happy like I have set date nights with my wife you know yeah. I I, I I, for the longest time I was working 80 hours, 90 hour weeks for the last couple of years to take the business I've been working on. I've been working on Hercules for about nine years. Wow. Um and it's been uh like ai want I wanna I don't want to say a crapshoot or anything like that. Like it was but it made no money at all for the sure. first like six years. It was just something I loved doing. Uh, I really, really loved helping people. I worked in like the disease prevention side of things during that a lot. So like those people are more desperate and they don't have as much money. So I like doing it. But As things have grown, I've had to put so much effort into the projects. I've had to grow so much with it, and I've had to learn how to work those 80-, 90-hour weeks that sound impossible. I mean, you learn. You learn how to do it. And my wife has had to take the back burner. So the one thing I've done this last year that I actually I set the goals at PSI, one beautiful thing like what we learned there, spend time with these people, uh, it was actually Sarah – Sarah Larue's idea. Yeah. She was my mentor there. Love Sarah. Uh, that I needed to set these date nights and I need to schedule things. And since PSI, I actually I don't work in the evenings. I schedule that completely off so that I can spend time with my wife. Uh, I schedule the weekends off. Uh, I work in the mornings a little bit if I need to, but schedule that off. And then I do have set date nights, and that can be really important. I think if you want to have a spouse and be a businessman, like there's, I think we all understand it's impossible to be 100% at anything. Mm-hmm. You just you just can uh, like, but so if you your
0: tattoo, a, say hundred percent, hundred percent or nothing. But <laughs> at,
2: at one thing, at one thing. I I am a very obsessive person. That is like you're very much. I'm, I can assume you guys are too. It's kind of a merit if you want to be in our business is you have to be obsessive. And like you said, it's hard. Like you know, there's times where like love or death. My wife is my favorite person to spend time with, and there's nothing against her. But sometimes it's really hard to step away from the business because like. Not only is it our finances, not only is it this thing, but it is like, it's my child. It's my baby. It's this thing. And these people I'm helping, I mean, like, you know, they don't come to you with like, hey, when you got time, that'd be wonderful if you could like help." They're desperate. They need you. And like, when you have, it's like, there's a twofold there. If one, like, if you have the ability to give, like, I've always had this thought process. If you have the ability to help and you don't. You're, it's almost your fault if something bad happens, and that mm. might not be correct, but that's how I feel. Sure. If I if I can help and I don't help, then it's on me with what comes from that. Yep. So I I think you have to find just a good scheduling and separation if you want that to work.
0: Yeah, and it's hard because uh, I noticed too that like even if you're with your wife and then like there's other people messaging you, you know, you putting them on it, then like there's no point of even being there. Like you know, you said 100 percent or nothing. Like when I'm somewhere, I want to be 100% present. And that's what I've been working on more is like, if I'm here, like I put my phone on silent now, because before I used to actually like go and text, and it's like, dude, what's the point of even being here if I'm going to do that anyway. So now I've just been more focused on wherever I'm at, that's where I'm going to be. Instead of like, uh, you know, trying to be everything for everybody, which I tried to do, I found that it's, it's better to just be 100% with her when you are and it's going to she doesn't want to be with yeah. you all the time.
2: It's 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 hard man. I I will say and obviously I think I don't know perspective everything but like I go right now I have 58 clients. Mm-hmm. So like you can imagine by that number and I talk to my clients a lot that like there's yeah, times where I can walk away from my phone to like cook dinner and come back to the couch with my dinner, so a very short span of time, and I can have like twenty-seven notifications. Mm-hmm. And like once again, some of those can be desperation texts. Yep. Some of them can be like I'm cooking dinner right now and I need an answer. Or they can be like I'm having a breakdown. I have all these things, so it's hard to separate. The one thing I know it's another simple, like boring answer, but it's like I just I try to leave my phone in the car when I'm with my wife. Yeah. Uh, or or if I do like we have really big rules on just keeping them in our bag, keeping them away from us. It can be helpful, but. Yep. You're, I mean, you're right. It is a biggest struggle we do in business is like, you know, like it's business is like a marriage also. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, like when I'm, when I'm not putting all my effort into that, you know, it gives me on un- such uncertainty. I mean, like we all know we live, we work in this uncertain fields, like as much as we all, I'm hoping in this room have great success coming and we have it right now. I mean, the thing that comes with entrepreneurship is the big word uncertainty mm-hmm. and uncertainty is hard. Uncertainty scares you man. It's like the thing that you're laying in bed at night And you're thinking all the thoughts you got to prepare for for the week because you don't want anything to go wrong because like the whole you're scared the whole dominoes are gonna fall at times, but uh, But at the same time Like I said, you got to put that same effort into the people in your life your friends And I think that's if you can try to find friends and people in your life who can work with your business who can like attach to it I think that you can usually do well with that as well
1: Are you letting deals fall through the cracks because you don't have
0: good systems in place We've been there before, and we've tried several different CRMs, and RE-Simply has been the best. RE-Simply tracks your KPIs, does automatic
1: follow-ups for you, and even records your incoming phone calls. The system is simple to use and has more features than we even know what to do with. If you're looking for a great CRM, try RE-Simply today. We put the link in the description. Check it out now. How is your operation different from some of the other fitness and nutrition coaching and personal training and that sort of thing out there? And what does your organization look like today? Like your So, so obviously the first difference is we're just the absolute best. Uh, <laughs> but uh,
2: so the difference between me and a lot of other people, so I've been on all fronts, is the nice thing for me like so I was a trainer for years. I've been a trainer still to this day. You know, I've been a trainer for almost 10 years now, about to be a decade. Uh, I've been a nutrition specialist for five or six years. So I've worked from everything from in-gym training, coaching. I worked in disease prevention, so we're helping people with – like last year, Hercules, we cured 26 cases of type 2 diabetes. Wow. A lot of stuff like that pulled like h- almost 100 medications out. Like a lot of big stuff like that is what I like to do. So the – and I'm just going to do this right now. I just completely blanked on the question mid-sentence. Yeah. So how are we different? Sorry. Sorry. Uh, but the big separator for us is just – we're very hands-on, and I think that where other businesses, like one one big difference between me, Hercules, and everyone else that I changed in the last couple of years that really separated us is I stopped competing with price. And the, the mm-hmm. difference there was I no longer compete with price with anybody. I compete with quality. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I know I'll win. That's why I did that. You know, I, people can beat me in price all day. Because like, you know, I'm not, I might not be the coach for you. You know what I mean? My price might not be the price for you, but I am the best for you. So like, that's the separating factor. So quality is where I always shoot for. And I do think, I mean, I'm around a lot of other coaches. I'm around a lot of people. And I'm not going to say anything negative about any other coaches. Um, everyone's trying, and, you know, at least they're helping. But what I do is very selfless. And I do put the client first. We have a lot of time put into things. And I do think that we are like the most scholarly, scholarly, Company in Fort Wayne. Like all of the coaches we have coming on, we're going to have a staff of five people uh, starting March 1st. And everybody who works for me, like the rules that work for Hercules, you have to be a nutrition specialist, you have to be an elite level trainer, you have to be Hercules certified, which is like a year long program I put people through. Like you have to be the best of the best. So I, I think that's what we bring to the table.
0: When you say, uh, what was the second one? Elite? Elite uh, level trainer. So yeah, what does that mean?
2: It's actually just a different personal training certificate. So like I could get you guys in this room personal trainer certificates in the next like thirty minutes. So yeah. it really is a joke. Like uh if the under like let's say let's describe a question. I'm, I know you do workout out. Oh, the,
1: the, I had the CSCS. You know I was an exercise science major. Yeah. So I got out, started doing personal training with people, and like yeah, this is not it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I didn't want to spend the six years that you spent. Yeah. So uh, how is it different from some of the um the you know traditional you know I can't remember what the other one was like NCCs CSCS, and it's like certified sports and yeah so
2: there's, there's there's the problem with certifications is there's there's millions of them and some of them sound really fancy and they're really easy but like like for a personal training certificate like there's your certificates you get that like, you, like I said, the questions will be like, when you do a squat, do you work your glutes or your forehead? Like, I mean, like it'll be like, that'll be the questions. Like the, the merits are so low because the company wants to make the payment from you. Mm-hmm. They want to make the money from you. The people who are giving the certificates out. So I, my clients and my coaches, everyone has to be NASM certified or uh, ACE certified. So ACE, mm-hmm. those are going to be like the highest end certification. Those are hard ones to get. Those are like six month, hard college level programs.
1: Okay. That, that kind of reminds me of like, you know, just I got done with my exercise science degree and I was looking at those and I was still going to have to study. So it was like human physiology, anatomy, but like in an in-depth way and some stuff that like maybe I didn't get from physiology or uh, kinesiology class. Maybe I didn't get from biomechanics. Maybe I didn't get and like some health metrics too, like some minor medical stuff to the point where it's going to be like, okay, I got to like buckle down, study this for three months and then get that certification. So yeah, those are not a joke.
2: Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think I do think the hardest coach the certifications my coaches get is the Hercules certified certification. And that's because I'm I'm mean. You know, I mean, I want them. I, I not just want. I need them. I need them to be at a certain level, the clientele we deal with. We work with everything from weight loss, muscle gain, all the way down, to, like I said, we're helping people with severe diseases, We're working yeah. with people with cancers, we're working with people who have all sorts of problems. And then we get into like the cooler stuff. We get into like longevity. I put people on really expensive, really hard protocols, not expensive money to me, expensive protocols they go do elsewhere for longevity, living longer. I really like the biohacking side of things. And you have to know what you're doing if you wanna step into those realms because yeah. you can hurt people.
0: Right,
1: wow. So, so uh, there's some folks who in, are in our immediate circle of friends and that sort of thing who are concerned about like health problems and things like that. Maybe they're a little bit older mm-hmm. and Um, is there any like blanket health advice that you give to people? Does it have to be specific to them? Or are there just some blanket things that are easy as far as health, fitness, nutrition?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. So like what I do is very specific. So I do like days of calculations to create just the base of a plan before I even start building for a client. But general rules of thumb for like everybody. So like for one, we all talk about living longer. That's like a real simple one. Uh, There's nothing that will make you live longer more than working out. So, like, really simple. So, like, there's medications that will increase life expectancy by, like, 20%. There's all sorts of metrics you can go down raise life expectancy by 15%. Those are still awesome. Uh, but working out, just working out three days a week in any method, but just, like, getting a good 30, 45 minutes of working out will lower your risk of mortality by four times. Mm. So there's nothing that does that big of a leap. And it's because we're not bent, built to be a sedentary species. We're built to move. It's something that's lost on society nowadays.
0: Like and When you say workouts, I mean, like, cardio, lifting weights, or anything? Or is there one that was better
2: than working out with weights is always going to be the most beneficial way to do it So so when you when you do cardio, there's two there's two parts that are conflict a little bit one uh, Doing cardio is great for your heart Uh, awesome but also it tends to burn off muscle it doesn't stimulate your body to grow muscle it actually stimulates the opposite reaction Mm. when you do cardio the best way to improve cardio is to have less muscle that's why marathon runners are so thin Mm. so everything's about the stimulation you give your body in the gym so cardio will you lose muscle and that's a really bad thing you don't want to lose muscle the opposite though if you lift weights get all the cardio benefits your heart's gonna get healthier all these things but you will gain muscle and like Mm. the more obviously I mean I could go in depth into it but like the benefits of having muscle uh, they they output almost anything like, if you want to lower disease, have more muscle. Like, if you want to get rid of diabetes, have more muscle. If you want to feel better, move better, live longer, all these things, have more muscle. It will always works that way. Don't get me wrong. And then, then we have the extremes. Like, I'm not talking about bodybuilder who has, like, you know, yeah, so much muscle he can't get in his car. We're talking yeah. about having muscle, like a normal, healthy muscle.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, the guy at uh, Indianapolis Fitness and Sports Training, I trained with him a little bit. And he's like, at a certain point, like, you can sacrifice uh mobility and that sort of thing for performance. And that's what I think of as like elite bodybuilders where it's like you are uh, putting on enough muscle that you end up paying a price for an immense amount of muscle, especially if your frame's not, like, built to support it, and then you get into, the, like, yeah. the whole natural, unnatural. It,
2: it's so funny because it's when we look the most fit on the planet. For, so for someone that was a bodybuilder, and I lost my health because of it. So I'll say that. So it's, like, a little tedious, like, obviously can't be the greatest thing for you if that happened. And I'm also smart with the health side. Still had to happen. But at my biggest, I was, like, 265 with, like, abs still. So I was a, I was a big boy. and But, like, you get winded tying your shoe. Mm-hmm. Like like I would get in bed and by the time I had like the covers pulled up and You're like I'd be, I'd be like sweat I'd be all <laughs> I, I, I still wear I still use a CPAP machine to this day just because I got comfortable with it I think they're good for you But like I had to start using a CPAP machine because my weight got so heavy that my my breathing couldn't handle The amount of muscle I had so I had to wear a CPAP machine and I was like those are the not fun side of things you don't see.
0: Yeah. Do you know Gary Brecca? Have you heard of him? I don't off-head. Okay, so he's the 10X one, but he he has a quote that he oh, says. Oh, I know, Gary,
2: sorry, sorry, yes, I do. Yeah.
0: I'll say he says the uh, the presence of oxygen is the absence of disease. Yeah. And so uh, that's just something that he really believes and he does breath work and all that stuff a lot. Have you done anything like that or looked into that at so, all?
2: Yeah, so my, my company used to be, so, like, so when I say Hercules been around for nine years, the company's been around for nine years. I've changed the name a lot. So it used to be called Derek the Healer. Okay. And I was really into breath work. I worked on breath work, meditation practices, and that's when I was working in disease prevention. So obviously mm. those correlate really, really well. Um, I'm a big fan breath work scares me a little bit and not the sense like you shouldn't do it uh, but it's like there's a hump I always have to go over when I get back into it because I mean we've all if you guys have done heavy breath work it can get adrenaline going it can get your heart rate hopping around and get all these things going obviously for good reasons like we're we're basically you're just over oxygenating which can Mm -hmm. be great it's just if you're not used to it you have to get you have to readjust to it so I've always like personally enjoyed meditation a little bit more Mm -hmm. I like uh Heat therapy is probably my favorite form of therapy that I get, like, relaxation through that I like to do. But breath work is awesome.
0: Nice. Uh, so earlier we talked about competition, and this is something that I've thought a lot about. It's kind of interesting. So I want to hear your perception love. of it. So You're getting in the challenging questions.
2: Yes. I love it.
0: Yeah. I, I've just thought about competition in the sense of, like, okay – you're competing. And then it's funny that we always get like that little bit of jealousy. You know, we talked about that dominance. Somebody else steps in the room. The funny thing is that I've noticed, and like at first I told myself, and like, you know, I, I have a lot of self talk and trying to like make this life uh, not necessarily easier, but more like easier to connect with people. Mm-hmm. So I've noticed that if somebody else is there. I'm like, dude, I'm gonna work harder. I'm gonna be like better. I'm gonna be stronger. You said you like to be the smartest guy in the room. I'm gonna study more. Like, I'm gonna make sure that I'm like the guy. But then the funny thing is i noticed that like i told myself okay well if we're competing their abilities don't take away my abilities i can still have the same ability so that's okay that they're great and all this other stuff that doesn't affect me actually i'm still the same person but then now i'm getting in to realize that who's the second best swimmer in the world nobody freaking knows who's the fast second fastest runner nobody knows so everybody knows number one so then it's interesting that like that competition about who's the best is actually by perception when really if that person didn't exist now the second person is the best and then now they're the person they get the admiration which I think is why we want it all is because we want people to like us to love us to admire us to see us so I just want to know your thoughts on that, like how you look at competition and like being the best and what that looks like.
2: Absolutely. I think that, I mean, this is something that Jordan Peterson talks about. This is something that like, I talk about a lot of people is that all we're seeking is status. Mm-hmm. Status is everything. Uh, this is something that I don't know where I've heard this someone say this before, but it's like, you know, like you want the fastest car because no one else has the fastest car. Like not, like if, you, if everyone had it, it wouldn't be cool. It's actually yeah. not a very comfortable car to drive. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, like yeah. you want it because I pull up and you see my fancy car. You know what I mean? Like you want muscle because when you walk in the room, it's something earned. Like, not everybody can. And also, these are the big separator there. It can't just be something that no one has. It has to be something that is hard to earn. Mm. Uh, Like, muscles. Like, the reason I think that, like, having muscle, having a great physique is so impeccable, and, like, this is something I know you guys work out a lot, you know, because you can't just buy it. You can't just get it; it's earned. Like if you walk in a room, and we both probably feel this way. I feel this way. If I walk in a room, I see a guy really fit. I know right away. I go, at least I know this guy can work really, really hard. But uh, but back to the back to the whole competition thing, like first and second. I really do think I think it all goes back to status. You know what I mean? Like and status is all we're seeking. Like if you have the biggest company in the world, status. You make the most money in the world, status. You know all these things. There's definitely like a beginning factor there. Like you know, less money is really bad. You don't want to have no money. But I think at a certain point, like all you're seeking past what you actually need. Need and would need to have like everything you want is just status.
0: Yeah what I've noticed is the happiness only comes from whenever you can detach from the co- competition though so then I'm like man that was the only way that I found that I was able to detach Is like their abilities aren't taking away my abilities but then I'm like motherfucker but if somebody else is better than like now they're getting all the recognition I get none even though I'm still like at a higher like ability than like most people so that's where I'm like man I'm just like got this conflicting where it does affect happiness
2: oh it does it does I i think perspective is like the best thing you could have there like this is like i know this just kind of super like bad but when i was a bodybuilder like i worked it out at iron society gym fort wayne it's still where i train it's where I, i'm one of the head coaches uh i love it there but like at night there are the best bodybuilders in like indiana there so like i would be a guy who like And everyone would be like, you're incredible. And then I would go there and just get outsized and out leaned and out everything. So you always are just like, I'm the second, I'm not even the second best. I'm the fifth best. I don't feel that good. I don't feel awesome. So like perspective there would be like every once in a while, my wife liked to go there. So I would go like planet fitness and like, you know, I'd walk through planet fitness and I felt like fucking Superman. You know what I mean? So I think like, and that's that's a random example. My point is like having that perspective in your life can be really, really good. It's like, it's like, uh, like, like say money, like I, we surround ourselves around with very successful people with money. That's fantastic. And I love it. I have run my business group and I'm one of the poorer guys there and I do very well. So that's like a good perspective builder uh, for the opposite direction. But like, sometimes you just gotta remind yourself, like, you know, I make more money than everybody in my entire family. You know what I mean? And I'm only 26. So yeah. like, and not I own my own business. Like I don't have some job that tortures me and then I make more money. Like I chose this, I built this, I get to do this. So like, I think the one thing that you could have in life is perspective. If you can have that, you can find joy in almost anything.
1: Yeah. I like yeah. I think, it. I think too, there's, um, the, one of the things that I really liked about wrestling and one of the things I really liked about fighting is how honest it is because there's no team there to support you. There's nobody else. And so I feel like it translates over into entrepreneurship in some ways. And then in other ways it makes you like not as quality of a leader. Like you have to develop those skills on the side because you weren't used to having a team and you weren't re- used to relying on other people. There's an incredible amount of accountability in getting the result And so, like, I think that's one of the things that we end up judging ourselves on is, you know, if you judge your leadership by results and you're number two, like, then you really truly were number two. Uh, And then I contrast that, though, to, like, what you were saying about being in a room where people are tougher than you. That's always the best place to be if you have a fight coming up. Like, you don't want your practice to be easy. You want the fight to be easy. And so, like, you need all of those monsters around you to, like, Beat you daily so that you can continue to work on yourself, like iron sharpens iron. Kind yeah, of mentality.
2: Absolutely, I agree. I think like most of my guys in my business group, you guys would know. I mean, a lot. Of, you've had multiple of them on the podcast. So, mm. like one, one, like a good example of that is like Tyler Derrickson. Uh, like one thing Tyler does that I've, I've, I've talked to him about, where he makes these big things seem so simple. Where like, yeah. like, let's say he's talking about warehouse. He'll, he'll get you. He'll make yeah. you feel like you need. Like he'll go. Like I've yeah, heard him. Heard, this, I've heard yeah. him. I've heard him ask. Go like. Uh, why don't you have a warehouse? And you're like, um, well, I don't have the money. And will go, like, the bank will give you the money. And he'll explain it simply. And then you go, well, I don't have down payment. He'll go, like, well, you, it's easy to finance. Mm-hmm. And then you go, well, I don't know which one to buy. And I'll be like, I'll tell you which one to buy. Yep. And then you're like, well, fuck, man, just let me, <laughs> let me let me not do this. Like, You know what I mean? Like, you're making it too easy. Yeah. And, but that is the beauty of being around these people is, mm-hmm. like, when you're around these people, they make these giant tasks seem so simple. And at a certain point, your perspective changes with them. And yeah. you go, Wow, this is really simple. You know what I mean? Like like once you get into money and I obviously like Obviously, what we're all doing is a little money centric. Like, once you get into money, you realize that money is easy. Like, anybody who tells you different, I just think has never had the right perspective. Money's easy. I do think, I do believe that something I realize and you guys probably realize the first hundred thousand is really hard. Mm-hmm. Like, that is like, the, like I said, the 80, the 90 hour weeks, the like, please let this work, the trying all the tactics. But once you have it, like, once you have the base of that, and then you have the ability to invest that in different metrics, like, I'm looking into commercial, I'm looking into industrial, I'm looking into all these different facets, and, uh, and you just realize that once you have money and you have knowledge those are two keys like you, if if you can gain knowledge and you can gain like an, an asset base you can basically print money in a sense yeah. uh, and that that is the beauty of being around these amazing people i did want to ask you guys i think this is a big perspective question as i bring people onto my company i i'm, str- I'm struggling with leadership but i am like i've always been the lone soldier i was a bodybuilder single sport guy i ran this company myself for the last like yeah. you know 10 years you know it's always been me and, like, handling this. And the reason I like that is because I am the best. I believe that. You know what I mean? But as you bring people on, I'm sure you guys had to, obviously, you brought staff on here at LTD. Like, it is difficult to trust others to handle things the way you need it to be handled. And it's also, uh, the, the thing that's hard to understand is understanding that just because my way is this way doesn't mean that it has to be how you do it. It's a big separator for me. Like, I'll have a, one of my coaches pulling a diet plan in front of me, and I'll go, oh, no, that's not how you do it. And then I'll have to step back and go, well, maybe that's how, maybe that's how they do it. And like, that's a really hard one. Is that something like you guys have found a good workaround for like being a leader, but also understanding that like they bring stuff to the table that you don't. So maybe that like your path might not be the exact path for them.
0: Yeah. That was something that, uh, I struggled with. I'd say I'm like more in the leadership role in the business. And that was something that was like very difficult to adjust from because like I was very much like Tony talked about, like whenever you're a boxer or a wrestler, it's one-on-one it's just you and like you're the one growing in. so then you get so much in that mindset that okay this is what it takes this is what I did and then you want people to do it exactly the same way you did um, so it's definitely an interesting uh, uh, shift um, what I would say the biggest hardest part is like you have to question how much of it is ego and a lot of it's usually ego and that's what I noticed in myself is like why does it have to be my way why does it have to be perfect it's ego and then what I what I would say is the best thing to do would be set your expectations. It's okay to have high expectations if they're spoken, but you need to map out every single one of your expectations. That way, if they don't do it the way that you wanted it to, it's on you because you didn't lead them the right way. So I think extreme ownership, which I think it sounds to me like you take, but I think extreme ownership and then really mapping out your expectations is like the most important. And then it's easy to fire them too, because it's like, dude, hey, I gave you a couple tries. I told you my expectations. And then now you didn't meet those. So I think mapping out what would success look like in this area? What would failure look like? And then they choose now. And then if there's no emotion behind it. It's like, dude, I set you up. I gave it all. And what I what I did whenever we first started hiring, I do I was honestly the worst. I was like, oh my gosh, this is freaking it's hard because I'm so used to it's it relies on me. Now I'm relying on somebody else. I'm trusting them. But also it's like obviously expect or uh, inspect what you expect. So then I give it to them. And then the hardest part is you have to watch them do it and let them do it. So now you kind of got two jobs because you're letting them do it and you have to like watch them do it. It's like, gosh, dang it. It actually, when you first bring people on, it's actually like you're working two jobs now and you're actually working double what you were because now you're like watching both. So it's an interesting thing, but it, that's, that's what I would it's say. It's
2: hard. I mean, I, I feel sometimes like I'm like the dad who like takes the wrench out of the kid's hand and is like, just let me do yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Let that's me do it. Always I, I know I know how to do this right. Just let me handle But the problem with the business, like what I ran into is like, the reason I had to bring staffing on is like I have 58 clients. I yeah. physically, like I will never let quality control go down. It is probably the biggest struggle in my business in a good sense, but also hard sense is that I will never let individual client quality go down. Like I don't I don't cut out any of the material I gave a long time ago. I don't cut out any of the time I give. I don't do any of that. Like as the business grows, I don't ever limit them. I have to find how to gain with me.
0: Yep. So- and Define it. I would say define it. Define what you mean by that. Cause like you use vague words like quality control and like you say that, that means something to you. That doesn't mean the same thing to them. So you need to actually write down on paper. What does that mean? What does this look like? What does success look like? What does quality look like for me? And what is my expectations for that? And I think if you define that, that is the hardest part is I'm learning that in sales. I got a. I'm like, how do I do this in sales? It's so much easier for you to do it because you know have so much knowledge. You know how to do it. But when you take it out of your brain, you put it on paper and you really map it out. That's the most difficult thing, but that's going to get you to the next level.
2: Absolutely, that's something Bobby Klein actually says that I love. He says, he, and Josh Grange also says this a lot when we have meetings. Is you got to have processes. Like yeah. you have to have them in place. You need to have them there. You have to set the expectation. Like all of these things you're saying. I do think one of the things that helped me a little bit recently was understanding that like, if I can give them everything I know then they're also bringing to the table everything they know. So the only option there is that they become better than me in yeah. a good way. Like I would right. love that. I would love all my coaches to be better than me. that would be fantastic. So like if I can give them everything, then like that, but the struggle there, and I think that's something we talk about a lot uh, at business group, well, my business group, is that with, the, with employees, you know, you're looking for another Dakota yeah you know you're looking for another tony but the truth is is that if there was another dakota and there was another tony they wouldn't be working for you right and i think that's a really hard separator to find is like there is always a difference i mean and employees do become business owners things like that so that's obviously someone there but if they were at that point if they were at the tony and dakota point they would be running you know the other ltd against you guys so you almost have to either slowly create those people from like from nothing and maybe not nothing but you saying build them up or you just have to accept that these people are not going to be you but maybe that's a good thing because obviously you're
0: doing what you already do yeah they won't ever know as much as you so you said they're going to know everything you know they'll never know that so what we like to do is find somebody specific give them that part of our knowledge because like that's what I forgot is like that Tony and I have a lot of knowledge we've done a lot of different things dude it's it would take so much time for you to teach something to everybody or someone everything that you know but if you had somebody who like you really pour into for a specific one and then you find the client who's going to be with that specific coach I think that is more effective too
2: yeah because it does take time like obviously my knowledge base came from 10 years and I'm trying to yeah. train these people up so like I I do find I'm doing that a little bit like I'm putting one coach in like a postpartum infertility stuff I'm putting one coach into more of like the muscle-bound lifting stuff. I have a coach going into like the longevity side stuff because I do love doing the biohacking, like the saunas, the ice baths, the red light therapy. Like we can go a lot deeper than that, but like I love that side of things. So separating people out can be really, really helpful. But... I guess like it's, it's not a, it's like a good or bad thing. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a leadership tool you have to accept is like, I just got to put these things in place and then I need to accept that they are going to be them within these means. And as long as they fit within the box that I expect of them, hopefully on the higher end, then I have to be happy with it. You know what I mean? I can't, you know, expect the moon and like, but I also can't like, I can't also accept the limited amount. So I have to set the parameters and make yeah. sure that they bounce between the middle.
1: Yeah, I've, I have something to contribute here too. because I, I, I was thinking about it and uh, Dakota is the the CEO and he's the leader. He's the one that's here on a regular basis. Uh, I feel like I'm good at like coming in and kind of like filling in the gaps that he, like sometimes will be like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. So uh, what I was thinking of is it does scare me a little bit that you said, I will never let my quality, cause that like never is just an indicator of a limiting belief. Mm-hmm. So that to have like that openness and like trust and like vulnerability and like be willing to like, I don't know what your standards are and what your um, like non-negotiables and what your values are that you're gonna, like coming up with core values for your people, even like being growth minded, uh, not having, this enormous ego, you know, things like that. And then uh, understanding that like 70 plus 70 is 140. Like you're a hundred percent you, but like somebody who's 70% as good as you and somebody else that's 70% as good as you equals 140% and it allows you to magnify your influence. So coming up with those uh, standard operating procedures or SOPs and like really creating uh, a, an environment of being able to give feedback which is one of the things that i don't necessarily look forward to uh once a month but dakota uh got that from one of his coaches and so we sit down and everybody goes over okay one through ten how in are you as far as like your inness i love that like, while you're here your inness in in the business the amount of commitment that we feel just on a subjective level, every person individually, and then give us a couple reasons why. And then something else Dakota instituted was, how likely are we to feel as though you're going to get a task accomplished out of 10 if I give you something? Like, hey, I can't do this. I need you to do it. How likely is it that you're actually going to get it done and within the time parameters that we expected? And then if you're not going to get it done, did you let me know?
2: I'm definitely going to steal that from you. 100%, I'm stealing that from you. I do think the one to 10 rule is actually a really good one too. It's something I use with clients. I haven't thought of using with my employees. Like with clients, let's just say I have a client who's not getting results. It's rare, Mm -hmm. but let's just say I am. The one thing I do is I'll, I'll give them a list of things. I'll say, rank these on uh, like a scale of one to 10, each of them. Mm-hmm. And I, what I like to think of that as is it, it really puts it in perspective who's making the mistake. Mm-hmm. Because if they are all 10s, I will like 100%, I'm, I'm humble about it. There's been times where, you know, my calculations are a little off. You know, I didn't realize this factor was over here. I didn't have like this antidepressant medication they were on in the calculation. So things were off. Like that happens. It's rare. But a lot of times what happens, I like, give them the, like, what was your food this week's strictness on a scale of one to 10? What was this on a one to 10? was it, and then all of a sudden they will come back with like sevens. And I'm like, well, and then the, the nice thing though is that it puts the power in their hands. They, they, mm-hmm. they can look at it and they can either go, hey, I'm going to get better. I'm going to improve these. Or at least they can know where the blame is. I do think it's important in life to know like when it's on you and when it's on somebody else. Because I do think we live in a society now where people constantly are in the, the victim phase they're just like oh you know the reason I'm in this place is because of them like the reason I'm overweight is because of this this disease I have this thing which 99% people don't have you know like the reason I'm unhappy or like my life got screwed up like everyone one thing I learned a lot this year and actually learned at the PSI it was a really really eye-opening moment I had the thing I pulled the most from it's actually saved my relationship with my father my mother it saved a lot of relationships in my life was was I stopped? I never was. I never was a victim. I never played that part. But I learned to stop villainizing, mm. and I think that's really important because I think we've all heard the story. Like, let's say you talk about your father. I'm not not you specifically with anybody. You know, the first thing that comes out of a lot of people's mouths: Oh, my dad was a drunk. Yeah. Not. Oh, me and my dad used to go to the lake and i loved him so much and they like like in in the gig in the grand perspective of things most people probably had a lot more love than they had negative moments it's just like it's like when you go to a restaurant you don't review a restaurant what's good you review a restaurant when your food gave you food poisoning right. so we think of those big moments so i think learning to stop villainizing people and learning that like other people are humans too i think we have this perspective growing up that mm-hmm. our parents and all these other people and the people in our lives are just like Coherently, geniuses and they understand everything, but really they're not. You know, I mean, right. they're just as lost as any of us are as we get through things. And just kids raising kids. Yeah, it, it's it's yep. hard, and then obviously we're all old enough now that you you, I mean, it's interesting I mean, it's just kind of aging. But like to, to finally be an age where you look at. I remember being like, we all remember being like fifteen, and you're like your sister or your cousin turns like twenty two, and you're like, yeah. oh my
1: gosh, yeah. <laughs> you're
2: so old. Yep. And now like you like I mean my wife are coming up on thirty, and it's you're, yeah. you're like oh no, I'm still a baby. I'm, I'm, I'm completely a baby.
0: Yep. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah. The funny thing I was going to say about the number thing, the the interesting thing about it is it's, you said it was subjective and it is, that's the funny thing is it's so subjective, but it's interesting how most people are within like a half a point from each other. And, and the person who's doing it is usually very close to it as well. So it's interesting how subjective it is. And, uh, I've actually thought about using this in relationships. Maybe you have a meeting with your wife or with your significant other once a month. Hey, how in do you feel that I am in in this relationship? Like, how connected and like, you know, intentional do you feel that I am? And like, uh, I would want to know like the reasons of why she feels that way and like, what could I do better? Like, I'm actually going to probably take this structure. I've noticed, it's so funny, I've noticed a big correlation between relationships, business, and health. Um, So I thought about um, all of that, but I think that it's very good to be intentional and like actually ask these hard questions and have those conversations with your people. No, I love that. I think obviously, you know, I'm a little sappy on this one. You know I mean? I,
2: I love my wife to death. She's the best thing in my whole life. And yeah. I do think that I have the healthiest marriage I've ever been around, but I think the one thing, the reason that exists, and I think what you're talking about here is there's work involved. You know yeah. what I mean? Like like me and my wife didn't just like, I mean, we. I've always loved my wife, don't get me wrong. I've been with, she's the first girl I was ever with. She's been with me since I was young. Okay. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of work along the way. You know, we put time into our marriage. We put effort into our marriage. We do, in a way, treat our marriage like a business. You know what I mean? It, yep. it It's transactional in a sense. She does things for me, I do things for her. We make sure it's always fair. We make sure we're doing our part. But I mean, even the scheduling side of things, like I mean, it's like it's not like the sexiest thing, you know. We all, I mean, we've all seen a romantic movie where it's just, like making out in the rain and all right. these things. But like in real life, if you want to have a real like joy-filled marriage, if you want to have a good structure, if you want to be happy,
1: you hey, know, like it's, it's gonna not rain that. on uh, Saturday <laughs> yeah. at twelve, so we can schedule that in. <laughs> Let's get
2: outside. Let's get a photo. <laughs> <laughs> it really is, like I said, it, as you. As you move through things, I mean, and I think this is the beautiful thing about health. It is the beautiful thing about business. This is the beautiful thing is that I think you realize it's on you. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge. I think, like, when you get to the point in your life where you realize it's on yeah. you. I say that to clients a lot. You know, like, your weight, it's on you. You know what I mean? Your your health, your muscle, it's on you. You have plenty of options here. And the problem is, is I think most people don't like that answer because yep. it gives them the responsibility that now they have to fix it. Yep. Uh, and, and people don't like that. People want to live in the world where it's on everyone else. The reason that their life isn't good and everything's going bad is because it's everyone else. Yep. But when you realize that it's on you, it also empowers the hell out of you because you go like, if it's on me, that means I have the power to create and do anything. Yep anything I want. It's beautiful. I love it.
0: Yeah. I've been thinking about, uh, you talked about like relationships being hard work and it's funny that I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I think it's always interesting that when you talk about walking into a room and you see somebody who's fit, you know, that they work out. The interesting thing is whenever you see somebody wealthy, what do you think? oh they just got that given to them or they got this they're like they're like better than everybody else because they like got this money that's the interesting thing though is that money is a game it's like it's a it's a learning thing and like you said it's easy to come by that's because you learned about it you learn how to make it so i think it's always interesting the different perception yes can you just get money and you're born into it yes it's possible but i would say that it's probably 10 percent of the people whereas like you know but like in the same sense if you're like really skinny, you're more likely to have abs. Like it's just a fact. So like, is it gonna be easier and harder? So I just noticed a huge correlation between relationships, working out and business. It's all the same. Like you have to continually learn about it. Like I'm learning about relationships. I'm learning about business. I'm learning about working out. I'm watching videos. It's like how intentional on it is at the level that you go to. So if you spend more time on business, like, that's what I did. I've spent time on business in the last six years, and now, like, it, went, it worked out really well. But at what cost? It cost me some, like, my relationships, my spirituality. So now I'm like, oh, man, I don't like this anymore. So what do I do? I learn more about relationships. I learn more about spirituality. Now that's coming up. Like, it's just crazy how whatever you spend your effort, time on, that's what you're going to get more of. But people don't think about that with money specifically for some reason, and it's the same in every single area of life. Well, something I just thought of, too, that's kind of funny, just among
1: us, you know, we have this rapport, that relationships are hard, but I thought, I think it's funny that we said that because like Derek just said, like money is easy. Not everybody (laughs) thinks like that. Some Mm. people are like, dude, my relationships are so easy. I just can't make money. So Mm. I just think it's funny that like this room in particular, we're all in agreement. Like, yeah, like once you, get started well, and you get going like money's easy uh,
0: relationships are hard well i don't think either of them are hard or or like i wouldn't even like say if it's easy or hard i would just say it's work either one is work that's all I'm saying is like no matter what across the board whether you're gonna do relationships whether it's business whether it's your health whether it's your spirituality it's work it's time investment that's all I'm saying is like it doesn't necessarily one's hard or easy that is like perspective and the person and then obviously like you know wherever they're at or how you view that but either way it's going to require some work. Yeah, I definitely
2: think exactly that. And I think I think there's a big separating factor. I think people also, when they look at people and maybe these situations where they go, like I said, they just have it easy. And I think people think about marriages. Oh, they just were happy. You know, he just got yeah. lucky at this thing. But at the end of the day, you know, there is a lot of work involved in these things. And... Uh, I think the one thing that people don't think about when it comes to work is that like, they think that you're just a hardworking person Mm -hmm. and I can tell you for a fact, it's not true. Like I am, I am lazy as hell. The only thing that I understand is how to do things when I don't want to do them. Mm -hmm. Like that is a huge thing. Like I am internally so lazy, but I will outwork everyone you put in front of me because I understand that I can do things when I don't want to do them. And I think that's how marriage and I think that's how all these factors need to be. Like there's you know, there's times where I don't want to write my wife a sweet note before I go to bed because I'm tired and I just did all this business. But, you know, I can do things that I don't want to do. There's a beautiful quote, uh, and it goes to marriages, it goes to business, stuff like that. And it's, uh, how you feel about something is, gosh, I'm going to mess this up. Uh, it's, at the end of the day, it's like, how you feel about something is fine, but your actions are up to you. Mm. So, like, you can not want to do something you can like feel bad about something, but it doesn't change the fact that you're still capable of those actions. Like you can be in a bad mood. You can still be loving to your wife. Yep. You know, you can be wake up tired and you can still go kick ass at work. You can, them. you can, you can, I said, you can not be happy about everything you have and still be grateful.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting that people will take those feelings. And then that's the reason of why that they are a certain way. Well, it's like, no, those things didn't make you do that. You chose to do that. So I love that. And it's funny, like that actually makes me think of something else. I know we got to get some closing questions because we're getting close here, but it makes me think of something else that I always uh, um, have thought about is like, let's say somebody's in an abusive relationship and then like they're beating their girlfriend or whatever. It's interesting to me that um, if the girlfriend or if other people find out that, oh, well, that person's father was abusive. Now, for some reason, now that we know why they, they, they give him a pass. I'm like, that doesn't make his actions okay. We now understand why he does it, but that doesn't make what he's doing okay. Same thing that you're saying is like, if you're experiencing tiredness, guess what? It doesn't give you a reason not to work out. You can experience whatever you want to experience. And dude, I've noticed that. It's like, I've been sick. Like I found out I had strep for like two weeks. I was at the gym six days a week. I don't give a crap. I got rear-ended the other day. I I'm still going to the gym because I, I now have this as like, I'm going to do this and I don't care about the outside circumstances. There will be nothing that will stop me from like going where I'm going.
2: And I, I mean, it's a beautiful thing. I think, like I said, it's something that lacks, man. People nowadays are just, they're lazy and they find excuses for everything. And I yeah. think if you can just get to the point in your life where, like I said, you just, you understand it's on me. Yep, it's on me like I said in the choices I make in the way my life ends up is on me uh, Like if you have a big fight probably on you, you know, yeah. like if 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 you're out of shape probably on you Yeah, uh, if like I said if you're if you're unhappy, that's a big one. It's probably on you I've been very very depressed at points in my life I had some very traumatic things happen several times even in recent years and you know what the thing that got me out of it Was understanding that happiness was on me. Yeah, you know what I mean like there wasn't some magic fairy dust that came down one day or I didn't just wake up one day and go like, oh, It's gone all the sadness in the world i'm happy now no it's on me yeah. i have to decide to be happy i have to act upon it
0: yeah last right. one too is if you don't have money it's on you exactly yeah, exactly everybody thinks that like that's the one
2: if, if you don't have money it's on you because it's easy once you understand the knowledge and the knowledge is free yep that's the beauty of it it's free and if it's not free it's cheap like yeah. people people don't want to put money into themselves but it, it you should you need to invest in yourselves i tell people all the time you will make tenfold back whether it's on your health whether it's on money whether it's on business coaching whether it's on anything just do it you'll be happier for it
0: hundred percent
1: derek what's your biggest struggle right now
2: Uh, my biggest struggle right now is uncertainty i struggle a lot with it uh i think it's something that we all struggle with in business uh is just you know it is a fear of this thing that i love going away and and the things that you get attached to along with it. I mean, it is the money. It is these things. You can't help it. You The lifestyle improves and you love these things. And the uncertainty is one thing I'm trying to get away from in the scarcity mindset. Scarcity mindset, it, it goes away and it comes back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it comes back, it brings the uncertainty with it.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so this is our legacy question. It's the uh, It's the final question. Have you seen it? I've seen it before. I okay. Think. All right. All right. I was gonna say we uh, our virtual assistant who cuts a lot of the clips cuts this one usually. Okay. Beautiful. So he's like. So you already know what it is. You already know what it is. Make, <laughs> <laughs> make Did it perfect. You have it written on your hand. I think oh, I see something there. It's right there. there. Oh, right okay. There. Well, it is on your forearm. Yeah. It's right there. <laughs> <laughs> so seventy-four years from now, you're on your deathbed and you have a final message to the world. It could be a sentence, a mantra, a paragraph, it's a billboard in Times Square. It's your legacy message that people are gonna remember you for to your friends, to your family, something you feel that the world needs to hear. They'll remember Derek Eby said this. What's your legacy message?
2: My legacy message would be that relationships are everything. That's something that's really important to me. You can be a rich man in an empty room and be very sad. And we've all been the poor man in a room full of people we love, and you have the best night of your entire life. Mm -hmm. So just make sure you pay attention to the relationships in your life, your marriages, your friends, things like that. And if you can make sure those are good, you'll be happy. I like it. Awesome.
1: How can our listeners get a hold of you? What what do they need to uh, like, subscribe to, comment on?
2: Beautiful. So uh, Hercules Training is the easiest way to find me. So HerculesTraining.org is our website if you want to get connected to me from there. Uh, Hercules Training on Instagram is another one, or just Derek Eby on Facebook and other networks. Uh, we have a lot of big stuff coming and dropping in March, a lot of coaches coming on, a lot of big website changes, new website dropping. So anybody who wants to get involved or wants to ask any questions, just reach out to me through any of those forums.
0: like it
1: you have any final thoughts you want to share with our viewers?
2: Oh, man, just just take care of your health. Take care of your life. You know, obviously, not even from my perspective. Do it with someone else if you need to. But, like, I, I see it every day. When people take care of themselves, their lives get better. They get happier. Everything comes together. So take care of yourself and, and watch the heck out of these guys, man. I love watching your stuff. You guys are so, so helpful. You guys really do give a good outreach in a community that, you know, Fort Wayne can be not business centric, can be not business minded. And a lot of people are limited in their thought process. And you guys do give them the opportunity to step out of that zone and feel better.
0: Thanks, man. Yeah. And uh, thank you guys for watching. I know you guys got a lot of value from this today. Um, so special shout out to Derek for coming on. We appreciate you. And if you guys got some of this, like, comment, share, because I know you got something. Share this with somebody. Peace.